Good Monday morning to you. Welcome to the Brewers Briefing. I am Brooks Brewer. It is 8.05. It's time for us to talk about what's happening in the world of current events, what happened over the weekend, what happened last week, what's going to happen this week. Get your thoughts and opinions and comments and your memes and your jokes and your pictures and your text, all that. 918-756-3646 is the number for the Brewers Briefing. Get you right in here. We'd love to talk to you today or at least get your comments on the text line. You are the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the weight of the show. So uh, so do weigh in here. 918-756-3646 is the number. We, we uh, glad you're tuning in this morning. Appreciate that a lot. You can also tune in on the podcast areas. Those will be Apple Music Podcast and Spotify and Google Play also. It's Brewer's Briefing if you want to search that out. That's where it can be found. And we do it every weekday morning from 8 to 9 o'clock. How the heck are you doing this morning? I hope you're doing good. Did you have a good weekend? Well, I think that's good. Most of you. I had a good weekend as well. It's all good. And uh, we're glad to be back. Anyway, we're back in the saddle doing the thing. And uh, let's take a look at the weather and see what the weather is doing out there. It's warm, nice and warm, 61 degrees in Oak Mulgee. And the forecast calling for almost 80 degrees today. Come on now. So we're definitely wearing shorts today. Partly sunny skies tonight, 51. And tomorrow, a slight chance of a shower, 65 tomorrow. So a little bit cool. we got a little cool down coming. Tomorrow night, 80% chance of rain down to 52. 59 on Wednesday with an 80% chance of rain. 80% chance of rain Wednesday night. Down to 51. Thursday, rain, 80% chance, 64 and 41 Thursday night, Friday, partly sunny and 57. Can we go past Friday? Let's see. Saturday, 59. And uh, north winds and Sunday, what do we have? 60 degrees. So, you know, cooler but not wintry, I wouldn't say, by any stretch. But we do have some showers coming. Hopefully it'll fill up the pond. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got a new pond out there I dug a long time ago. It's just waiting, uh, waiting, waiting, waiting. Still still not enough out there. Temperatures around this day, we got 32 in the panhandle. That's the coldest spot out at Kenton, Oklahoma, down south. We got some 60s already. Medill is 61 degrees. That's the hot spot in the state. 60 at Bernieville. Durant is also is. Wait a minute. Wait a no. We got up north here, Brewer. We got north. We got, what do we have? Prior, 63. And Miami <clears throat> at 63. Why is that not Miami? Why do we say Miami? Miami. I don't know. It's not spelled that way. It's spelled Miami. I don't know. Anyway, that's the way I say it. So what else? We got we got the weather done. We got, uh, what do we have? Today is Monday. Tomorrow we have basketball. Still, can you believe? Congratulations to the Preston Pirates and Lady Pirates. Area champions moving on to state tournament, which is fantastic. Congratulations, Preston. Boys and girls both in the state playoffs, and that's tomorrow. The boys play early, 1.30 at the fairgrounds, and we're going to be covering that game. I will be bringing you the broadcast myself this time. Sam's not able to make it. Man has to work. So I'll be doing that tomorrow at 1.30, and then the boys play no, the boys play at 1.30. The girls play at 7.30 tomorrow night at the fairgrounds. And that's the first round. Of course, single elimination. You lose, you're out. 
So we uh, we hope they don't. We'll have to go all the way. <clears throat> if they win, they play again Friday. And, of course, if they win that, they play again Saturday. All games going to be at the fairgrounds for Preston. That's my understanding. So, anyway, that's that's exciting stuff. Big-time stuff right there. If you want to get in on a sponsorship, <laughs> well, you're in luck. We have advertising available for you. So, if you're a business out there and know somebody that is, you want to get in. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it doesn't get much more prime than this show and state playoff basketball. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. You know what I'm saying? What a, what a great time to advertise. Speaking of advertising, I want to welcome a brand new business we've got in here on the brew, Central Perk Coffee Shop. I don't know if you've, you've heard about that yet, but there's a brand new coffee shop in Old Mulgee. Now, it's out on Southwood Drive, and it is on the west side of the road just before you get to Walmart. <laughs> Everybody knows where the Walmarts is. So it's out to where, uh, where uh, Seth used to have his tire shop. Kellogg's, you know, where that is, was. He sold that. Anyway, it's that little building right there. You'll see it. And it's a double drive through So it's not a coffee shop you go sit in. You drive through, you get amazing coffee and stuff. Under there. And they've got <laughs> so many flavors. One of the uh, most popular, he told me, was the white Ghirardelli chocolate. Doesn't that sound good? Put that in your coffee right there. Brown sugar cinnamon, come on. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't even, I haven't been there, so. I'm, uh, I'm, I, but the reviews on Facebook are like all five star, like amazing. And uh, Lydia, I think it's Lydia, one of the gals out there has been trained in Seattle as a real barista, like really knows the stuff. So anyway, check that out. Central Perk Coffee, double drive through, and they've got the the frozen stuff and the <clears throat> frosted frappes. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds good. Anyway, check it out. Double drive through. And uh, new business in town, new advertiser. We want to make them successful, help them to be successful, do our best. So you got to do your part. Go buy something from those people. Okay. All right. Good morning, Pam. How are you? Hope you're doing great. Good morning. I get I get pe people texting. I, I like just even the good mornings. Those are nice. They really are. Okay. Let's jump into news. Man, what do we got happening? We got stuff out. I meant to say this last week. If you didn't get to see the Jesus Revolution movie, you should go see it. It trounces Hollywood's box office expectations by like twofold. They, it, it garnered twice as much as they thought it would. They didn't think it was going to do all that good. And well, it beat their expectations. And that's always great. They brought in like $16 million, which the first weekend well, is pretty good. That's more than I make in an entire month. And they brought it in one weekend. But anyway, um, Greg Laurie says that Christian movies are here to stay. That's good. We need more of that stuff out there. And uh, I think it's I think it's a great movie. I, I you know I'm not. I think it was a cool thing that happened back in the '70s, the Jesus movement. There's some Jesus movement going on now too around the world, and that's good, man. We need more. Can I get an amen in the back? We need more Jesus. Uh, I mean seriously. I know I'm playing around sometimes, but. <laughs> And in all seriousness, we need we need more Jesus in our lives. And that's just a fact. Golly, we do. Okay, anyway, that was good. Go see the movie. It's fantastic, I think. Okay, we got stuff coming up we need to talk about locally. It happens tomorrow. 
we got a big vote in our state, right? We we talked about this last week, and we've we talked well. We talked about it for a little while, I guess. This state question eight twenty. All right, should we? I got an amen from David. Hi, thanks, David. Should we or should we not uh, pass <laughs> recreational marijuana in the state of Oklahoma? That's the question that will be before us as voters tomorrow. <sighs> and so, I, I, you know, we've talked about it some, and I interviewed the sheriff. I don't know if you heard that or not. I did it on my town talk program last Friday, I think it was. And so you need to be listening into town talk, man. There's some good ones on there, 7 o'clock. And uh, we talked about this. We've talked about it some with Marshila, different people. But uh, here, here's a <clears throat> here's a piece of news from Adult Teen Challenge of Oklahoma. They put out a a uh, piece on this: protect our kids. Vote no on eight twenty. Now, Teen Challenge. I don't know if you know what Teen Challenge is. It's a drug <clears throat> kind of a rehab deal, and it's I've I've known about this for a long, long time, and I think it's a great organization. They help a lot of people. Adults and and kids, and uh, so they're 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 making an urgent appeal to vote no on this. And I'm going to try to read. This is hard to read a little bit, but uh, they they say in their studies, marijuana was the first drug used by approximately eighty percent of their residents. It's it's you know we've we've heard it's the gateway drug into the harder drugs. I can tell you <laughs> firsthand, personally, that I have seen this in. Some of my kids, okay? I'll do, I've got three boys, and I saw this, man. This is exactly what happened. It was the gateway drug into harder drugs, and it's destructive in that. I mean, they. I mean, I'm talking young, too. Shockingly young, how, how young people get their hands on this stuff. So, anyway, they say it's a gateway drug. Marijuana use frequently led to other drugs such as meth, heroin, Oxycontin, fentanyl, other addictions, I can tell you Xanax and, you know, whatever else they can get their hands on. It's just, we need more. We need more. We need more. Everybody knows this stuff. It's how it goes. And so this thing continues to say addiction to marijuana and these other drugs ultimately leads to divorces, theft, violence, broken children, broken families, overdoses, and death in our students and many others in our state. It says if 820 passes, we fully expect to see more Oklahoma adolescents using marijuana, leading to addictions to cannabis and eventually more young people trying and getting hooked on other highly addictive substances. So, you know, you, you have to think about this, okay? When you're thinking about how you're going to vote, how is it going to affect our state, okay? And so some people have said it's great for, you know, if it's medical, if you need it for medical, okay, we have that already. We, we have medical. If you need it and you need it and it's helping you, well, there's a, there's a path for that. But do we need recreational? What is it going to lead to? What What are some of the things we have to think about when we're looking at this deal? All right, so kids, <clears throat> obviously, how's it going to affect our kids? That's one thing. What about um, crime in the state? <clears throat> A recent article claimed Oklahoma had the largest black market marijuana network in the nation. We've seen organized. This is the piece of I'm, I'm putting. I'm reading from uh, Teen Challenge. We've seen organized crime bring violence to our communities. Um, and we had just not long ago a execution-style killing up in Kingfisher County. A guy came in and just executed four of the Chinese people that were running this illegal deal. You, you saw all that, of course. Uh, tons of black market stuff going on. And, and, and they say, and the sheriff agreed, that this is not going to uh, eliminate the black market. It's going to probably make it worse. 
Um, the pot that they're smoking nowadays is not the pot of the 60s and 70s. The levels of THC back then were about 2%, according to the studies. From what, And I'm not a pot expert <laughs> by any stretch. And today they can reach as much as 30% THC. And then some of the edibles and oils can have concentrations up to 95%. So it's, you got that going on. Um, what else? Um, oh, this is some stuff you need to think about here too. Listen to some of this. The, this elevates the rights of marijuana users over the rights of others. Uh, state 20, uh, state question 820 limits the rights of Oklahoma landlords to keep marijuana out of their rental properties. It prohibits police from detaining someone from publicly smoking marijuana. It would limit the punishment for any high school student using or sharing marijuana, even on school grounds. Um, it will mandate the release of Dan. Well, I don't like with that one. And, uh, let's see. Anyway, so that's some of the talking points, uh, regarding this deal. Now, I mean, there's, there's, there's the other side of the coin too, about the money. Most of it's about, you know, what it'll do for the state money wise and stuff like that. As far as I've read. I mean, why else would you want recreational if, it, you know, it's, 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 I'm thinking they're thinking it's about the money. It's going to bring the money in the state. It's supposedly going to help the schools. And Oh, and so this brings me to another topic. So I had a lady down in Frederick, Oklahoma, that's uh, on my Facebook, and she happened to listen to one of my podcasts. She said, I listened to your podcast, and it was great, of course. And uh, she says, regarding marijuana, now this gal's been a teacher in Frederick for 33 years, kind of a long time. And she says, I'm going to read verbatim to you what she says. I couldn't agree with you more on the marijuana question. As you can probably see, blah, blah, blah. I've been teaching 33 years. The past, this is what she says. The past few years, I've had to deal with the kids getting high and coming to class. It's hard enough to get them interested in history, but having to deal with kids giggling because they got high is terrible, which makes classroom management even more difficult. This year, it's dealing with kids coming off whatever they took last night. Kids keep falling asleep or worse. They get the shakes and or start throwing up. If we legalize marijuana for recreational use, it will only get worse. She just said, I thought you wanted to know. I said, you do mind if I share this? She said, go right ahead. So anyway, that's one testimony from one teacher about uh, what, what they're seeing. So they're they're thinking, this is not going to be good. I mean, it's just going to be, you know, more kids are going to have more access, more recreational, more plants, more growing in the house. You can have more, you know, you, it's just it's just kind of... Whatever. And, and so anyway, that's, that's that. That's a lot to think about, I, I guess. I mean, it looks, we have one of the loosest, uh, you know, regulations on it. Even now, as far as the medical go, you, you know, as well as I do, anybody that wants to get it access can get access to it. So I'm a vote. No, personally. Not that you asked, but I'm just throwing that out there for whatever little it is worth. Okay. I got a text here. Vote no on state question 820. We can't afford more headaches to our economy and crime. The medical bills should be taken care of, the needs and all of the others. You know, if you need it, you got the medical thing, you'd be able to get it. So we already have that in place. Like we have it. Like if you want it and you need it, you can get it now. So anyway, if you have an opinion about it, you're welcome to weigh in. 918 756 3646.
Okay. Okay, what else do I have queued up for you in news? Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's big stuff, but that's going to come up. We'll do a break first, <laughs> and then we'll talk more about it. Stay with us here on Brewer's Briefing. It's 8.23 on a Monday. Welcome back to the work week. It's here. It's time to go back to work. Are you glad? Uh, it's kind of a bittersweet, right? <laughs> Some people say, hey, I'll better. Well, anyway, my dad always loved Mondays. He just was one of those kind of guys. He loved Mondays. I don't, you know, it's just okay. I like Fridays probably better, but I mean, you know, Mondays are they're good too. They're good too. What's happening in the news? We have this. We got. Did we talk about last week where the doctors are pushing now Paxlovid to uh, to uh, to doctors, pediatricians, and trying to get you to give your kids Paxlovid? Uh, if someone you know and care about is considering taking Paxlovid for COVID, remind them that Joe Biden, Fauci, and the CDC director all had rebound COVID after taking Paxlovid. And if that's not enough, send them this. And if that's still not enough, remember that you can't fix stupid anywhere. Here's Dr. Mary Talon Bowden. She's the one down in Texas fighting for her license and her clinic down there because they, well, the establishment came after her. She's talking about Paxlovid. She says it has 44 severe drug interactions, contains an HIV drug with a black box warning, toxic to liver and kidneys, increased risk of rebound infection, poorly tolerated due to metallic taste and cost taxpayers $530 plus. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, 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 um, it's interesting to me. Yeah. And I'm not saying COVID is not real, <laughs> but I do think it's on par with the flu. I would so much rather have the flu than take something like that. That's toxic to my liver and kidneys and it's got some sort of HIV drug in it, and God only knows what else. And it's got all these, it's one of the highest drug interaction drugs on the market, if not the highest. Like, I think I'll take my chances with the flu. <laughs> Is it 99.9% survivability rate for me and my age? I think I'll be okay. And I've had COVID, all right? So I know what it feels like for me, and I think it's different for everybody. I get that. There's comorbidities. There's all kind of, I know, I know, I know. But... Man, have mercy. Have you seen all the stuff coming out about <laughs> the vaccination and then all these? I mean, the remdesivir, they say, was so poisonous. They were given to everybody. Remdesivir. Remember that name? It was expensive. And all that and all that. And then, anyway. So, what else do we have? We have a guy talking about, where's the, the video? Vaccine. Right here it is, right here. So, this this uh, insurance dude did a study and uh, top insurance analysis. Uh, looking at aggregate mortality of those people that the more, the more shots you get, well, the worse it is. And particularly if you're over 50, and you've taken all five doses, man, sucks to be you. This is a little uh, clip from the Epic times epoch times. And uh, I want to, I want to play this for you Cause I want to keep you informed of what's happening out there with the jam. Okay. If the vaccine was helpful at reducing all cause mortality, you would see that the more doses a region, you know, stayed, state of Vermont or Maine or, or Hawaii or, you know, Connecticut or something, someplace that's pretty highly vaccinated, you would see lower levels of mortality, 
year over year because people got more vaccines than in other places, which we didn't do as much for whatever reason. Um, and you would see a, an improvement and you would see a line that slopes down to the right. Instead, when we did that analysis, and we cut it a number of different ways, we did it by different type of city and region, and, and we did it by uh, age group as well. So, right. so we did some thoughtful to make sure there wasn't a bias in it. But no matter which way you do it, what you end up seeing is, is the chart goes, the line that you create, a regression line, goes up and to the right, which is to simply to say that the more doses on average you have in a region within the United States, the bigger increase in mortality that region has had in 2022 when compared to 2021. And so that is a aggregate statistical tool that largely, I mean, it exactly confirms the conclusion out of the UK data. It's a different way of doing it. It's a totally different data set, but ultimately it leads to a very similar mathematical conclusion, which is a really unfortunate one because, you know, obviously hundreds of millions of us have, have, have you know, either personally or our friends and family and all society have to now deal with these consequences of what are the long-term health consequences relating to these. You know, and I'm, I'm obviously hopeful that we can, as a society, start to focus on those at, at, because that's, that's, that's the opportunity to try to solve this problem is, is focusing on health. Oh, my microphone has been muted. I've been talking for the last three minutes. Thank you, Dolores. <laughs> uh, you know, you'd think you would figure this out after a while that you got to turn off, the, turn off the mute button to, to talk. Okay, thanks. All right, so we're back on. So what I was saying was, <laughs> repeat all that, isn't this amazing? I mean, it's like they've been telling us forever that it's safe and effective. And obviously, the more doses you take, the higher the excess death rates in those particular areas where they've really been vaccinated. It's it's just not working, ladies and gentlemen. And and, and it's it is really, really serious stuff. I mean, we're talking about dying from all kinds of things. There's autoimmune deficiencies now that they're seeing there. I mean, all kinds of stuff, lupus and, and cancers are exploding and I'm not just making a bunch of crap up and it's not just a bunch of conspiracy. I mean, it's everywhere. If you just look, there is legitimate scientific studies being done, massive studies in the UK and here and all over the planet. You're not going to see it on CNN and NBC tonight. Sorry. That's not what you're going to see because that's all sponsored by Pfizer. You got to, it's the little people out there that are trying to get the word out. Like, Hey, Hey people, look at this data. New Zealand records the biggest increase in registered deaths in a hundred years. News. News. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so speaking of the BBC, the, the UK, they were conspiring uh, to scare the hell out of people over there. As a matter of fact, the British Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, has been caught red-handed tweeting to a friend of his, a colleague, about scaring the bajitters out of people to keep them locked in their homes. We must scare the pants off them, he says. And when do we deploy the new variant? He's asking a question. Uh, I'm serious. Like, this guy is, uh, he's the top health guy over there. And he's hes tweeting back and forth or, or texting back and forth to one of his colleagues. When do we deploy the new variant was one of the tweets or the text. And, and then in another text, he says, we have to scare the pants off of everyone to get them to uh, to comply. 
I kid you not. This has happened over the weekend. He's busted. I mean, whistleblower came out, found the deal, and literally busted. This is the governments of the world. This is what the, you know, and so it's, it's, at some point, the people have got to wake up and go, wow, maybe the governments are not, you know, looking out for our best interest. It could be possible. Shocking, I know, that it might be that maybe they're not always telling us the truth. Not just our government, also over there in places like this. It's about the power. It's never been about the science. It's been about the power and the control. And uh, and it's working. And we are allowing it to work when we just comply. Because, I mean, it's scary, right? I mean, I, I get that it's uh, the... the uh, Governmental people have power, and and it's it's shocking what's happening in our country, and that's why we're on here on a daily basis, screaming and ranting and throwing dirt up in the air and trying to warn you, my beloved listener, about what is our country coming to, and and what can we do about it. And we're trying to, you know, we're talking to politicians and talking to you and reading and studying and trying to figure some stuff out. And we're talking to David to see what he has to say about it too. So. We can get this thing, this thing all solved. Hi, good morning, David. How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. The Monday show. How are you? Oh, it's Monday. Oh, it I is. Go back home. This yeah. ain't worth it. No, yeah. come on. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know when I came out with that uh, vaccine, that was cool. I mean, when they came out with it, but when they started discovering that it could cause serious problems, they should have stopped it. Yeah, that's kind of a bottom line to me. I mean, I've seen them do it with other uh, drugs. Yeah. Darvacet was one. Darvacet was a, uh, a non-narcotic painkiller, but people were uh, stopped breathing. So they canceled it. Now, I mean, they do that with other drugs, and I don't see the problem why they don't do this with the vaccine. If people are dying from the vaccine and it's causing long-term effects, you would think, <clears throat> yeah, I'm talking about the government, they would cancel it. You would think, wouldn't you? You you would think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of common sense to me, but you know, I didn't take it, and I'm glad I didn't, because I I know people that have heart problems, and they got messed up bad, real bad. Yeah. Well, you know, so, it's, you know, it's, then they say they say people at high risk, you know, heart, uh, this, that, and the other, take it. Well, I bet if they did a study of the people that are dropping dead, bless their hearts, and you know, I wonder if those would be the high risk people if they took a study on that. I'm curious about that. I mean, you got athletes dropping like flies yeah, out there, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. not cool. Yeah, young people. I mean, I'm lots just of saying. People, yeah, you're yeah. right. And yeah. on the marijuana thing, yeah, the marijuana thing, I'm still on the fence about. I would vote no because they don't have everything. They don't have the ducks in a row with it. Period. Yeah, right. They just, they just don't. I mean, I don't care if people smoke it. I really don't. But. They need to have it where, like they said, the Chinese and the drug cartels cannot come in here and take over. So that's just going to cause a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of missing bodies. You know the deal with how they work. Yeah. I mean, we've got enough problems with the cartel at the border. So Yeah, exactly. That would be my reasoning to do it because they do not have the ducks in a row. Yeah, on the medical already. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, here's another thing. If somebody has a something on their mind about what the government's doing, call Senator Senator Mark Wayne Mullen's office 
and tell them. They want to hear. I, I did it this weekend. And uh, I finally got mad, I guess. But they'll listen to you. They take your name. They take your number. And they... I think I lost you, David. Hello. Hello, David. Hello. This has been cool. Okay, there you're, you're back. I lost you for a second. But, yeah, you were talking about, yeah, call your uh, congressman. Speaking oh. of Senator Mullen, I'll have him on the program Friday at 840. He's going to be coming on. Oh, live. I will listen to that one. Yeah. I will listen to that one. Yeah, man. Well, look, man, I'll get off here. I'm okay. going to act like I'm going to do some work. Keep up the good work. Bye. Bye. See you, David. Yes, we will have Senator Mark Wayne on this uh, this Friday, 10 o'clock. No, excuse me, 840, not 10 o'clock, on the 10th. Uh, we'll have him on at 840 live to talk about what are we going to talk about. Okay. All right. So speaking of um, Pfizer, there's a new book that's come out, the Pfizer documents just coming out today, I think. Analysis report. Find out what Pfizer and the FDA tried to conceal. Um, the, so and it goes on to say about this. The War Room, Daily Clout, Pfizer Documents Research volunteers are a team of 3,500 global medical and scientific experts, many of whom are peer reviewers in their fields. They volunteer their time and skills to serve humanity by combing through, listen to this, 450,000 pages of primary source Pfizer documents and writing reports on their findings. It took 3,500 of them. I mean, can you imagine? That's a lot of pages. Um... This goes on to say the results of this immense global effort is one of the most important documents ever compiled, and it reveals a massive crime against humanity. The book shows that Pfizer knew during its clinical trials that COVID-19 mRNA vaccinations was harmful on a large scale. They did not prevent COVID-19. It could be shed from person to person. The bio distributed throughout the body didn't stay in the arm. It even caused deaths. Despite this knowledge, Pfizer and the FDA, assisted by the CDC and the mainstream media, suppressed this information and prevented people from being able to give fully informed consent to receive treatment, and they forced it on people anyway. I talked to a young man uh, over the weekend at a party, 30-year-old guy. He was, he's fixing to go to work for Southwest as a pilot. He was in the Air Force. I said, did you get the jab? He said, man, I held out as long as I, as long as I could, but I had to. They forced it on me. 30-year-old, forced to take the jab, and, and you know, now it's in him. And, and, you know, hopefully, God willing, no problems. Not everybody has a problem. I get that. Thank God. But enough do. And sometimes, like David said, they drop dead, God forbid. Young people, athletic, healthy, it is happening all the time. Anyway, they knew that there was all this harmful stuff, but they covered it up and went with it anyway. The Pfizer and Moderna mRNA COVID gene injections remain under experimental status, yet were rolled out to hundreds of millions of people, billions across the planet. They've been shown to be ineffective and harmful, including death. Efforts were made to prevent the public from knowing about the true data, to cover it all up, lies and more and more. But these other people that have went out there on the limb, Dr. McCullough's and the Naomi Wolf's of the world, have tried to, to go out there and, and, and figure out what is the actual truth. So this came out, I guess it's a booklet that you can get on Amazon, and it's got um, 
All the stuff. I mean, this is uh, it's it's going to reveal this stuff. It's called Pfizer documents, analysis reports. If you're interested in that, big deal, man, alive. It's uh, it's something else, isn't it? It really is is uh, is alarming to think what what they can do. What they can do. Okay, what time is it? Eight forty. Man, we're running out of time. Should I do this or should I do that? I should do. I don't want to do that. I could do this one. Um, I want to talk to you about. I don't know where we're going to go next. <laughs> I'll figure that out during this commercial break, but it'll be riveting. I promise you that. Eight forty-two on a Monday. Good Monday morning to you. Welcome to Brewers Briefing. I'm Brooks Brewer. I'm so glad you've uh, tuned in. If you'd like to weigh in on any of this we're talking about, you can do so via text or via phone call nine one eight seven five six thirty six forty six. Population zero. Main direction. Text Fayroy. I'm just excited. The man knows how to text. That is awesome. Good morning, Fayroy. <laughs> Well, you might not have known how good Joe Biden was doing as president. I know it doesn't feel like it. But uh, according to Mr. Pritzker, he's doing fantastically. He was on Face the Nation talking about how good the president is doing. Probably nobody is willing to run against the president for the for the office because, I mean, he's just doing such a good job. So do you think he needs to make it official and say he's running so that there isn't more speculation or people considering other options? I don't think there's anybody that's serious that's actually considering running against Joe Biden because he's done such a great job. So do you think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> who could stand up against that guy? Oh, well, think of the job he's done. Think how good things are. I mean, I mean, I know you have to think hard and and long about it, but I'm sure you can come up with something. It's shocking, isn't it? It's like, what is better now than when he took office? I, can anybody think of anything? I mean, in seriousness, is there anything better now than than what it was two years ago? I mean, I, maybe there is. I, I, it escapes me. And what's her name? Marianne, what's her name? Marianne Williamson, is that her name, that came out and said she was going to run against him? She's the psycho uh, spiritist. What is she? She's, uh, she's a little wacky-wacky-woo, I'm telling you right now. She's coming out. Marianne Williamson, I think is her name. She's running again on the Democratic side. Yes, she is. And let's see. What else do we have happening in the world out there? We've got, uh, man, this was... This is good. I don't know if I should play that or not. It's good. And this was good. There's a lot of good stuff happening over the weekend. Did you see Atlanta's burning? They've got uh, Antifa down there fighting the cops in Atlanta. They're setting fire to everything. They're they're having a battle over this area that the cops were going to do whatever they were going to do, like out in the woods, you know. They And they end up shooting a guy, and Atlanta's going bananas. and It's chaos down there. But uh, 
The feds don't care. It's just like, well, it's Antifa. They get a pass. Antifa gets a pass. Antifa gets a pass. Oh, I was going to mention tonight, uh, Tucker Carlson, I heard Julie told me that he's going to release or talk about the January 6th videos tonight. I guess the speaker, McCarthy, gave Tucker all the 44,000 hours of video, and his team has gone through it. I think they're going to start talking about that tonight, from what I understand. And I saw a clip this morning that Tucker had on his, uh, whatever his other show is, not the Tucker tonight, but Tucker nation or whatever it is. He interviews people. He had Brandon Strzok on there. Brandon Strzok was kind of a reporter journalist, dude. Brandon was at the Capitol on January 6th filming outside the Capitol. Never went inside filming. And, uh, a few days after, the January 6th, he gets a knock on his apartment door early in the morning. And he, and he, he tells it, he tells this whole story on this, this interview with Tucker. Boom, 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 boom. They're beating on his door, jumps out of bed in the morning, about eight or nine cops at the door. They immediately handcuff him, give him a certain warrant and, and start coming into his house. He's like, what, what, what are you doing? What, what am I being arrested for? And they came in, seized every electronic thing that he had got some clothes, and and uh, whisked him off into a black vehicle, and, and off he went to jail. And he was telling this whole story, you know, and it's it's absolutely, what all the words can you say, disheartening. It is abominable. Boy, it's happening in our country. Now, this, this, where's my censor button? I need to say a bad word right here, and I need to cuss. This should not be happening in our country. I mean, this is, these are a bunch of goons show up from the FBI or whoever the law enforcement officials they were, round the guy up, send him to jail, strip him. Uh, you know, he, he didn't even know what's going on, why he's being arrested. And uh, so he's in jail. You know how that process goes. Many of you have been. <laughs> uh, they give him the, the orange jumpsuit. Then they take him into a room. They say, give me your arm. He's like, give me, what do you mean? Give me my arm. Well, we got to test you for TB. All new prisoners get tested for TB. He's like an hour ago. I'm, I'm asleep in my room. Now I'm in the jail asking somebody to, you know, give him, give me my arm and they're going to shoot whatever they're going to shoot up in me. I don't even know what's going on. He complies. A little bump comes up in his arm and they said, he said, if it turns blue or purple, you might want to tell somebody. And then he starts being interrogated. Where you ever been in the gang? You ever been in, you ever had sex with a man? Blah, 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 all this kind of weird stuff. Finally, they give get him to a phone where he can call somebody. Then they put him in solitary confinement where he can get out one hour a day. Now, all he did was video outside the Capitol on January 6th. So he's, he's relaying this nightmare to Tucker. And uh, so a couple, I mean, he can get out one hour a day. It's the 23-hour lockdown for two days. His team finally got a hold of Harmeet Dillon, which is the gal that ran for the for the RNC, did not get it, unfortunately. Sharp attorney. You see her on Fox all the time. Fantastic attorney. Anyway, he got a hold of her, and she got some people going. And So he goes to finally has his day in court a couple, two or three days later. Sees a judge. The prosecutors say, well... We're, we're, uh, we, we know he didn't go into the Capitol. He did not incite any violence. And so we're really not going to pursue any detention here. And the, uh, the judge ordered his release. And he's thinking, which begs the question. Now, hang on a minute. You, you prosecutors, 
you, you, you got nothing on me and you're just admitting this in court, then tell me why the hell have I gone through this for the last three days as an American citizen? You can go, you can just go do that when you, you've got nothing on somebody and you decide to just go harass the hell out of them, arrest them, take all their stuff, strip them, embarrass them, stick something, needle up in their arm because you can. Now that's happening in our country. Tell me that's not alarming to you. Like this should not happen in our country. That's the kind of crap you hear about in Yemen for crying out loud. This is unsustainable. We cannot have this kind of BS happening in our country. We just cannot. We have got to have somebody in places of power that weed out this kind of crap in our, in our institutions. And the FBI is one of the biggest ones that does this kind of stuff. They try to intimidate and that's why they send 30 SWAT guys to the pastor's house, the Catholic man who's, you know, praying outside of an uh, abortion clinic to intimidate you. So where's another one? I got another one about intimidation here. There was a gal talking in front of a school board. <laughs> this is it right here. It's a couple of minutes long. She's pretty articulate. A Rhode Island teachers union files a lawsuit against a mom of a five-year-old because she requested copies of the class curriculum. Oh, <laughs> you can't be doing that, Mom. No. We will intimidate you and scare you. I'm going to play this for you. This is just about more intimidation that's happening in our country that is just despicable. But you need to know what's happening. Afternoon. My name is Nicole Solis, and I am a mother from Rhode Island who was sued by the teachers union simply because I wanted to know what my kindergartner would be learning in school. And here's how this happened. I asked to see the curriculum, and my school told me I had to submit a public records request. The curriculum wasn't posted online, and it wasn't available in a school district. Then I asked them if they were teaching gender theory, and they told me that they don't call children boys and girls, and they embed the values of gender identity into every classroom, including kindergarten, and they didn't want to answer any of my questions further. They told me that they would communicate with me only through public records requests, and that is the only way I could get my questions answered. And when I did submit the public records request that they told me to submit, and I submitted hundreds because I had hundreds of questions, my school board then put my name on the agenda of a public school board meeting and held a public school board meeting to discuss suing me for submitting the request that they told me to submit. In a five hour long school board meeting, they openly debated my moral character, my political motivations. They said that I was causing chaos, wreaking havoc, harming the district, harming children. One school board member even said she felt unsafe and started to cry because as you see, I'm really scary standing here <laughs> right now. And they really just tarred and feathered me for asking questions. And they had never met me before and this was the first school board meeting that I had ever been to in my life. They wanted to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions, they will come after you. Well, at the end of this meeting, they decided that they, they wouldn't sue me for asking questions because they never intended on actually suing me. They just wanted to publicly humiliate me in a school board meeting that was a show trial. And when that happened, then the teachers union, the largest teachers union in the country, the NEA, did file a lawsuit against me to bully me and harass me with frivolous litigation and to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions about public education, they will come after you. 
Well, how about that happening in America? If you're a mom of a five-year-old kindergartner and you ask some questions about, hey, what are you going to be teaching my kids? <clears throat> the next thing you know, you're being sued by the NEA. <laughs> that is alarming and disturbing that that's happening in our country. Our country, man, we got the best country out there, and this kind of crap is happening. Are you kidding me right now? This is uh, it's despicable, and it's got to stop. We can't allow it. We have got to push back on this kind of stuff. And thank God there's people that are. And they're not going to allow it. They're not going to be intimidated and bullied around no matter what. And and it's sad that we, you know, we, we, we're seeing it. And we have to do like David did. Call our, our, our people, our representatives, whoever they may be. And let them know the things that we will and will not tolerate. Can I get an amen right there? Good. Um, so what else do we have happening in the news? Uh, speaking of uh, schools, here's Texas A&M system removing the DEI statements. DEI, you know what that is? Some of you know. Chancellor John Sharp directed all universities at Texas A&M and agencies inside there to remove diversity, equity, and inclusion statements from their employment or admission practices. It will all be now based on merit. <laughs> so that's good. They're going unwoke uh, down in the Texas A&M University system. Thank God for that. Th this wokeness is destroying people. It is, it is destroying, and the courts are coming after the kids, trying to indoctrinate our, our children. <clears throat> Speaking of indoctrination, I listened to a phenomenal podcast uh, video with Jordan B. Peterson and, uh, golly, who's the other guy's name? Let me see if I can uh, see it. Jeff Sandifer. And if you can look this up, it's out there on, on YouTube. It's called... Um, Where's the name? How to Educate Your Children. Jeff Sandifer and Jordan B. Peterson. It is phenomenal. Like, I don't even have any kids in school. I do have a grandson in school. But I, it's just fascinating uh, what is happening with some of these people. Now, this guy has, has grown schools all over the country, and it's called Acton Academies. A-C-T-O-N. And I looked it up, and the closest one to uh, to old Mulgee people is down in Krebs, down near, near McAllister. They've got one of these. These schools, Acton Academy. And this is the most unique teaching style I've ever come across. How they how they how they do the school. I mean, it's it's brilliant. This Jeff Sandifer guy is a is a Texas fella. He's just kind of a good old boy. He's brilliant and he is a successful business guy. He's made millions and millions of dollars in business, oil and gas, and, and other things. And he was a multimillionaire, like at 28 years old, and he's a he's a smart guy. Became a teacher, a and he's a Socratic teacher. He teaches with the Socratic method, which is asking questions that neither party really knows the answer to, but you have to delve into to how to figure out problems. And he, anyway, he started these academies, and they're 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 growing all over the world actually. And there's a bunch of them all over the United States now, and they're growing like crazy. They were voted the top, you know, elementary schools in the nation after only being in business for 18 months. Um, it is just, it's just wild how successful that his uh, academy is and how the kids are growing super fast and smart and how they, 
they're also not just getting smart. They're, they're understanding culture and how to treat each other. It's a fascinating system. If you're into fascination, <laughs> I suggest you, uh, you check it out. How to Educate Your Children, Jeff Sandifer and Jordan Peterson on YouTube. Search it. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. And it's just cool. I just love seeing people do innovative things like that that are, that are helping and, and certainly the next generation. Holy smokes. And I didn't know this, that public school systems started in Prussia when they were trying to train uh, children to be factory workers back in the Industrial Revolution and all the parents were going to the factories and the kids needed something to do. And so they created these schools and they kind of set them up like factories. They had them all the desks in a row and they had the sound of the bell and they had them all on a time schedule and it was like boom, boom, boom. They were training and uh, indoctrinating these kids to be good little factory workers. That's where the public school system started, according to these guys. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Huh. It's kind of that way now still, isn't it? Kind of got all the desks in a row. Got to teach them to be good little workers. They don't teach them how to be individual, like entrepreneurs, critical thinkers, you know, individual kind of creative. It's like they're teaching them just how to, you know, get in line. Here's what you say. Here's what you think. Not how to think. Here's what to think in many cases. Probably not all cases. But in many cases, anyway, it's a fascinating thing. I thought you ought, to, you ought to know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Let's see. No, that's for Tradio. That's coming up. I'll mark that as unread. Okay. Good morning, Vicky. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate that. We're about to run out of time. Is there anything else we haven't covered in, in our remaining moments? We've got uh, Tricia with Tradio standing by. Uh, I guess uh, Trump went down the CPAC was over the weekend or last week, whenever it was the CPAC stuff. I didn't watch any of it. Trump made some big speeches down there. He was the big winner at CPAC as far as the, everybody still loving on Trump down there. And uh, he said he's going to round up. If he gets in there, he's going to round up all the illegals. He's going to get the military, the police, ICE, everybody involved and, and haul them out, get them out of the country. That was a big, big statement I guess he made. He's going to, I think, do away with the part, Department of Education maybe and I don't know what all else he had to say, but he was uh, he was popular. And supposedly they did a straw poll down there to see uh, who people would vote for uh, in in the uh, in the upcoming election. And it was sixty four percent Trump or something like that, twenty four percent DeSantis. That was the CPAC people. So so who knows? Anyway, hey, I appreciate you. Love you. We're out of time. We're going to jump into Tradio. We'll do this thing again tomorrow. Brewers briefing. You guys have a good Monday.